you can turn there and we'll, we'll go there eventually. I did want to say about the lottery, I had this in my heart this morning, but I thought I would save it for tonight. Um, I don't want you to misunderstand or anything, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning. I was getting ready for, Pastor and I had been talking about uh, that he was going to talk about the lottery this morning. He was going to encourage you to go out and vote you are supposed to go vote. And you know, the enemy would like to throw something in your path, distract you, and keep you from voting. I'm praying that I bind anything from getting in your path, distracting you, keeping you from voting, or any other no voter in this county or this state. But Father, we pray and believe that every yes voter is extremely distracted. I mean, I'm believing that they are distracted, thrown off course, can't get to the pole. Amen. I, I mean, I just mean I'm believing for that. And the Christian know that we're going to vote yes. Every Christian that's trying to vote yes, that they are uh, come under extreme Holy Ghost conviction. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, does everybody agree that gambling is evil? The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. This is not an education thing like Pastor said. This is a money thing. They think they're going to make money that doesn't have anything to do with education. Actually, uh, Deanna was telling us, and uh, Mr. Snyder can vouch for this. Maybe they could tell it. Well, why don't you just come up and tell it? Well, can you tell it better than your dad? You told me. Tell me about what you, your dad Right, well, uh, of course, we've lived in this county all of our lives, and Daddy has, of course, all of his life. And um, he said that years ago, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Daddy, but um, that when the county was dry, which meant there was no alcohol, of course, in the county at all, none sold, none was supposed to be brought in to the county, that they started begging for money, begging for them to vote the county wet. Let us vote the county wet. We've got to have the revenue. We've got to have the money for schools. And they promised them, you know, if you'll just vote the county wet, if you'll just let us have the revenue from the alcohol, we'll never have to ask for any more money for education. Never have to ask for any more. That was how many years ago? 30, 40 years ago at least, 30, 30 40 years ago. And um, Daddy said no less than two years, two years later, about two and a half years later, they were begging for taxes. So it, it lasted two years. The revenue off alcohol, alcohol lasted two years, and then they were asking to raise taxes for education again. That's going to be the same. The lottery will do the same, very same thing. It won't solve any problems. Actually, it's just going to create problems. And, you know, they say in the paper, and uh, this is right, that people with... $10,000 a year income and less are the ones that spend the most on the lottery. It's a poor thing. It's, it, 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 it comes against the poor. Well, based on that, the Holy Spirit this morning, as I was getting ready, the scripture came up in my heart in Proverbs that says, he that troubleth the poor troubleth his own house. Or some versions, he that oppresseth the poor troubleth his own house. And the Lord said in my heart, mark the men that are poor lottery, watch watch. Now, not that God, don't get me wrong. God's not going to punish them. God loves them. We believe, we don't, we don't, God's not a punishing, get revenge, get even God. We are operating under a dispensation of grace and they are under that grace too, but they're opening the door for the devil. And you watch, you watch, just keep your eyes open. That's what the Holy Ghost told me this morning. He that troubleth the poor troubleth his own house. Or he that oppresseth the poor troubleth his own house. And you just watch. And I just began to think about that. And I thought, if we could only see the men in Georgia that brought the lottery in. 
I bet you, I bet you, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just speculating here based on what the Lord said to me. I bet they're dead or they're cancer or they're, I bet you anything. And I can tell you for sure, the woman that brought lottery to Texas, that's not a blessed situation. Actually watched her biography on A&E not long ago, the governor, of, the woman governor of Texas that brought lottery to Texas. Okay, so let's go to another subject now. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, this too. We'll just flow with the Holy Spirit in this. Um, how many of you saw on TBN the other night uh, where they talked about the new movie that's coming out called Omega Code? Praise God. Well, that's, I, I wanted to encourage, just Pastor and I, just, I felt quickened to, to, to tell you to go to the movie. We do need to send a message to Hollywood by spending finances. At, so everybody needs to go to the movies, amen? And, uh, and go see Omega Codes, and it's a, uh, it's a Christian movie. Now, you need to research. I'm not sure how young a children it's appropriate for because of violence. I haven't researched that out uh, because I'm sure it's, I think it's about end-time things, and, and so there could be some violence there, and I don't, you know, we don't want to cause fear or anything in any child, but uh, especially you adults, and I'd like the youth to go as a group and, and do that for a, as an activity is, huh? It's PG-13, so that wouldn't be appropriate for all the young children in the church. Okay, and I, I figured that that would be the case because of violence and stuff. But the rest of you, we do need to send a message of support to Hollywood that we want Christian movies, amen? And for those of you that didn't watch that the other night, the Bible Code Man that has done that, if you've read that book, some about the Bible code, or maybe seen him on TV, he was sitting there doing the Bible code thing while they were talking, and uh, with Kenneth Copeland, Kelly Copeland, uh, and, uh, and actually it was um, Paul Crouch's son who uh, produced the movie. And so he, but this Bible code man was sitting there figuring, and, I mean, or however they do Bible code, I don't know exactly how they do it, I don't really understand it. But anyway, from Revelation chapter 12, he found Omega Code, which is the name of the movie, he found it in Omega Code, and it said something to do, and I don't know if I have this right. Oh, excuse me, Daniel 12, yeah. It wasn't Revelation 12, it was Daniel 12. He found Omega Code, and it said something to the effect that multitudes will come. I don't know if I have that exactly right, because we didn't see it, but we heard that at the meetings that we went to. So that starts October 15th, and uh, I think it's going to be in Birmingham first, and then possibly it could come to Tuscaloosa based on how well it does in the bigger cities, they say. Okay, so let's turn to Psalm 103, and maybe some of you will have more information about that for us later. Somebody go see it real quick and let us know. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 103, we started last week talking about um, uh, this, this psalms and really talking about things that we're supposed to remember and things that we're supposed to forget. We're supposed to remember some things, but there's a lot of things as Christians that we need to forget. Paul said in Philippians that we were to forget those things that lie behind. Amen. You know, not just bad things, but we need to forget the good things too in one sense. I'm not saying that, you know, don't remember them, but not living in the past. You know what I mean? You can live in your past testimony, good testimony, but you need something fresh from God today, don't you? Amen. And so we need to forget those things that lie behind and certainly the things that are failure and of death and those things that cause grief and those things that cause pain in our lives. Those are things that need to be forgotten by Christians. Amen. And so 
Paul told us to forget. We found lots of things we're supposed to forget. But then the Word of God tells us things that we're supposed to remember. Remember, Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, Remember the Lord your God who gives you the power to get wealth. And he talks in that scripture. We might go over this some more one night. But um, he talks in there about how when you, when you come into the wealth, that to make sure that you remember how you got the power to gain wealth. Amen? And so there's things that we're supposed to remember and we're to keep in our memory. And then there's places in the Bible where it tells us to remember things and to teach them to our children and to talk about them night and day and keep our children in remembrance of things because they can slip away. Actually, a whole generation can lose sight of things, can't they? I mean, we know of that. And that's and, and uh, really, in that sense, that's what happened through the dark ages and stuff is generations lost sight of who we, of who we were in Christ and, and the power of the blood of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus. But in Psalm 103, and I'm going to read from the Amplified starting out tonight. I didn't bring it last week, and so I was just kind of telling y'all what the Amplified said. But in some of these scriptures, it's really good. Psalm 103, 1... <clears throat> Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Bless His holy name. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all His benefits, who forgives every one of all your iniquities, who heals each one of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagle, strong, overcoming, zoring. The Lord executes righteousness and justice, not for me only, but for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways of righteousness and justice to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy and loving kindness. And we could go on there, but really we're going to focus on the first part of this tonight. I noticed, you know, we talked last week about how when we bless the Lord, or we could say praise the Lord, when we bless and praise the Lord for the benefits that He told us we're supposed to remember here, that's what activates them in our life. We all know, we've all figured it out by now, that it's not enough to just be saved. It's not even enough to be saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, is it? That that doesn't guarantee that we will have the benefits that Jesus and God paid for and provided for us. That doesn't guarantee anything, does it? We figured that out. We can just look around. We can look in our own lives and say, hey, salvation is just not enough to keep the curse off of my life, is it? Baptism of the Holy Ghost, not enough to keep the curse off of my life. Speaking in tongues, just not enough to keep the curse off of my life. Um, um, even uh, being faithful to church, not enough. Serving God, not enough. A lot of people try to earn uh, the things from God through serving Him, and that's just really not enough. Uh, anybody want a mint? There's an extra one up here on the floor. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> okay. Anybody want to claim that man? Is everybody playing? Not mine, not mine. Like when you ask kids, who did it? And they go, 
<laughs> Nobody ever did it. Did y'all know? <laughs> okay, so it's not enough, is it? And so we need to find out what it is, that what it's going to take to activate these things that God has promised us. Because he's promised us some way powerful things. Oh, they're powerful. And most of the church, they look around and experientially they say, well, that ain't happening, that ain't happening. So they look around and they say, well, it must have passed away. Or they think that the Lord is some sort of schizophrenic playing heavenly bingo up there. And you know, sometimes he's in the mood and sometimes he's not. I, I heard the Holy Spirit say when we were singing that song, uh, God is good all the time. I heard the Holy Spirit say, he said, <laughs> he said, you know, a lot of preachers preach about me like I get up on the wrong side of the bed every day. <laughs> I know th they preach God mad. They preach God mad and angry. They pick out the, there are some negative scriptures in the Bible and they focus on them. Instead of focusing on God is good all the time, His mercy endures forever, He's merciful, they, they say, oh, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, that's not even talking about Christians, that's talking about the lost. Every lost man, every person that's not received Jesus has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. They focus on that. Well, there's not one sinner righteous, no, not one. But I tell you what, every saint is. Every saint is. We're all the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's nobody in here more righteous than the other. The one that just got born again the last, the least baby in here that's just the freshest born again one is just as righteous as the oldest saint in here. We're all righteous, aren't we? See, we can focus on what we want to, can't we? Well, the Lord said some people think I got up on the bed, a wrong side of the bed every day. Well, he didn't. He didn't. God's in a good mood and he's in a good mood with you. He's not really, he's not focused on your sin. He's focused on the blood of Jesus and he's focused on the good things inside of you. He's a faith God. He calls things that be not as though they were. That's why he wrote down every name in the Lamb's Book of Life even before. He doesn't write it in the Lamb's Book of Life when you get saved. He wrote it down, I don't know if he wrote it, but before the foundation of the earth, even before you were born. He wrote your name down. He's a faith God. He called it like you were going to be saved. Now, if you don't, he's going to blot it out. But he's not having to write names down. And I tell you what, he's not, writing, he's not got a big eraser where he's writing them in, racing them, writing them in, racing them, writing them in, racing them, writing them in. He, you know, I tell you what, the, the, the way some Christians act, there would be a hole in the page. You know, when you erase too many times, the paper gets a hole in it, doesn't it? Well, it's not like that. Amen. He's, called, he's believing the very best about you, and he's got a very good plan for you. And he wants you to activate his promises. He said, and here's how you do it. I like the way the Amplified says it. It says, bless, and it goes on to explain that bless. It says, affectionately, gratefully praise. You know, we could bless and our heart not be in it. But affectionately, is, it has to do with your emotions. In other words, your emotions have to be involved. We can't bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And then believe that we're going to walk out and be protected and walk in health. No, it's bless, affectionately bless. Our emotion has to be involved. He said affectionately, he says affectionately and gratefully. And gratefully, our will is involved. 
So in order to, to uh, activate the benefits by blessing or praising the Lord, we have to have not only our emotions involved, our heart's got to be in it, but we have to have our will involved. We have to, you know, you have to will to bless the Lord sometimes. How many of you know that if you've got a, if you're fighting off flu symptoms, you're going to have to will it? You're going to have to be an act of your will. I know a Marsha Kendall, I don't, probably nobody here would know her, but can you remember the yodeling girl? Okay. Uh, she had a real gift to yodel. I mean, it's kind of different, but uh, anyway, um, so they came to our church in Seminole. I actually really enjoyed it. She was a pretty powerful girl. And, uh, but um, she, uh, she talked about, you know, traveling ministry and being in a hotel room and being sick. And I've never forgot this. And, you know, getting the symptoms that are coming in her body and, you know, just like wanting to die instead of live. Really severe symptoms. And her saying to herself, soul, arise. Soul, I'm telling you, arise. And her beginning to speak to her soul and telling her soul to rise up. And see, we've got to be, there's got to be some intensity to this. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is deepest within me, bless His holy name. Amen. So this is not just a top of the head. Well, praise the Lord. It's not like that. That's not how we activate his benefits, is it? And so um, then he goes on to, to tell us what his benefits are. And last week we studied verse 3. So I would encourage you to get the tape of last week because I think that we pointed out some things on iniquity and forgiveness of, of sin, um, forgiveness of iniquity being different than transgression. And a lot of people don't know the difference. And so therefore, when they see a Christian sin, they get all mixed up. And then the preachers in church don't even understand this. The preachers in church, like preachers were somewhere else. Oh, anyway, preachers don't understand this. And so they preach people into hell if they sin. Instead of preaching them over to 1 John 1, 9 to get them clean. And so then they come up Sunday after Sunday and get resaved. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, but because they don't understand the difference between iniquity being the uh, uh, the sin nature and transgression being the, the the acts of disobedience or neglect that we do. And so, when I have a transgression, all I have to go is go to First John one nine. But I don't have a sin nature anymore. I don't have a sin nature. You don't have a sin nature anymore. And the, but the sinner now. He has a sin nature, and we, he can't help but sin it. And sometimes we are even dumb about that. It was like, well, I just, you know, we're all huffy and, and hurt at people that aren't even born again because they sin. It's like, well, I don't know why they treat me that way. Well, it's all they can do. It's all they can do. And the only way people don't sin who, are, who don't be mean, who are sinners, is if their parents put some sort of a moral code inside of them. And sometimes some parents did that, right? Okay, so we talked about that real extensively last week, but you'll have to get the tape. Also, we talked about last week how he heals each one of all your diseases. And we talked uh, real, and this would be important for you, that you have to receive healing for each disease individually. Now, ever once, I'm not, we're not going to put God in a box because I have seen God just give somebody an overhaul in a service where they just got healed of 15 things. But most of the time, that's not the case. And so if you've got sinus problems and you've got the toe ache and you've got, um, um, you've got um, whatever, you know, 
whatever. I mean, you know, you got three or four or five things wrong with you. You're going to have to receive each one of all your diseases. Receive those individually from the Lord. Amen. And so uh, focus in on those and just get healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for healing and health. Hallelujah. If you'll just stay hooked up. If you'll just hang on. Because see, sometimes we start out and we, we're believing God for healing, but we just don't know enough. And so if you'll just stay hooked on, though, you'll get to knowing enough. Amen. Amen. You'll get to knowing enough. Hallelujah. And sometimes it takes a while. But you know, what if it takes three years? Big deal. I mean, I'm not believing for it to take three years, but if it took three years versus being sick the rest of your life, I mean, isn't that, wouldn't it be worth it to invest three? And the only way it'll take three years is if your mind is not renewed. And you just have a bunch of junk and clutter and unbelief. And, and you've been taught a bunch of wrong things. And in that case, and really it doesn't have to take that long if you'll dig in faster. You can go as fast as you want. Amen. It doesn't have to take that long, but it depends on how much time and effort you give it in the mind renewal part. Okay, so we talked about that. Now in verse 4, he says in verse 4, I, I don't like this in the Amplified, so I'm going to jump back over to the King James in verse 4. It says, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Now in the Amplified, it says, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, which would insinuate hell. And he does deliver us from hell, but there's so much more to this scripture than that. In verse 4, it says, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. That's one of the benefits, that God redeems our life from destruction. Well, he's already told us he forgives us iniquities. He's already told us he heals our diseases. But you know, there's more to being sick or, or having bodily trouble sometimes than just disease. I mean, if, it's not a disease if you drive off the... the um, if you fall off the, the sky bridge on Skyland and you hit the pavement, that's not disease, is it? That's destruction. That's an accident. And God's redeemed us from accidents, from freak accidents. You've been redeemed from freak accidents. You've been redeemed from freak accidents, from all destruction. You've been redeemed from financial destruction. It's not just health either. The from financial disasters. You've been Hallelujah. Are you glad that you are redeemed from financial disasters? Hallelujah. You've been redeemed from. Um, let me see. Here, I've got it wrote down somewhere. Find my notes. I've got some of those really good notes that Pastor loves so much. Tornadoes. You've been redeemed from tornadoes. And the destruction of tornadoes. And the destruction of destructive thunderstorms. You've been redeemed from being struck by lightning. You've been redeemed from destruction. Amen. There was somebody in town, I think, killed. A, a young, yeah, I know. I read about a young widow in Tuscaloosa. Her husband got struck by lightning this year. And, uh, and, and we're redeemed from being struck by lightning. But you've got to know it. It's not enough to be a Christian. I think these people were Christians from reading the article. It seemed like they were. But we know that's not enough. Loving God with all your heart is not enough. We have to activate the promises. It's not an hour, family, to be passive. Because there's more destruction than there's ever been. Amen? More than there's ever been. Can y'all tell? Y'all can tell, can't you? You can tell. Just turn on the news. You can tell. 
that there's a lot of destruction out there. You've been redeemed from disease, from financial disaster, from destructive fiery darts. When destructive fiery darts come your way, it can't destroy you. Now that doesn't mean that Satan's not going to launch destructive fiery darts. But there is a way. There is a way for you to, for you to avoid them. And that's what we need to point out tonight. How is it that I activate, how is it that I activate Psalm 103 verse 4 that says he redeems my life from destruction? I want to activate that, don't you? Well, we activate it, like we said, Pastor preached on this morning on asking. And you know what? We ask the Lord. We can ask the Lord for protection. Now, I'm not, I'm not contradicting his sermon. I'm not saying that because he's talking about asking in a different realm. He's talking about asking for, uh, for specifically for things and for, you know, so he's not, he wasn't talking about asking for healing or asking for salvation. And so I'm, I'm just clarifying to you, okay? I'm clarifying to you that when it comes to being redeemed from destruction, that asking God for protection is not enough. And a lot of Christians pray, Father God, protect us. And it's not enough. Now, it's okay to pray that prayer. I'm not saying don't pray the prayer. But you have to follow the prayer by what Psalm 103 says, he says, bless the Lord or praise Him, affectionately bless Him. In other words, it's not enough to just say, Father, I'm asking you for protection. We have to believe that we receive when we pray, and then we thank Him or bless the Lord Father, we bless you. We thank you that we walk in safety today. We bless you that no evil can befall us. You know, in Columbine High School, there were a lot of Christians. I think they have proven by research since then that maybe all but two, maybe somebody could clarify that for me, but I think they know for sure that all but two of those kids were Christians that were killed. So we know that that wasn't enough, was it? And they even asked one girl, they said, uh, do you believe in God? And I think, I didn't realize this, but they asked her, um, is, are you good? And she said, yes. And then they shot her, they killed her. You know, the little girl, I think her last name was Scott, I think that's what they said. Well, I'll tell you this part, this is kind of interesting, and we'll go back. I don't want to get off track, but this is interesting. Carolyn Savell said this weekend that she is really good friends with the aunt, was it aunt? With the aunt of this girl who lives in Louisiana somewhere. This girl's aunt who was shot. And she called the aunt and asked her if this was true because she heard this through the grapevine. That that little girl, you know, went to camp this summer, got saved. She was really into drugs. She was rebellious and into drugs. And she went to camp this summer, got saved. But when she came back, they said she wrote in her diary, I, will, I won't live another year. So she called it in, didn't she? So we can see that. We can see that she did. Now... The thing is, and John Smithwick said this, I've meditated on ever since. I mean, it's absolutely the truth. And I, I knew it when he said it, and I know it, knew it before, and I know it now. That when you're faced with a gun, when, a man, when somebody points a gun at you, it's, you, if you want to get your head blowed off, just, just say, Jesus, save me. 
and you'll get your head blowed off because that's not enough. No, it's not that. It's in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, no. In the name of Jesus. See, God's given you the authority on the earth. God's going to give you the authority. You need to know this. You need to teach your kids this. Not to just say Jesus. I meant there was kids there saying Jesus. They were Christians. That's not enough. It's in the name of Jesus. Are you listening to me, teenagers? It is in the name of Jesus, no. And the blood, I plead, knowing about the blood, knowing the power of the blood and the authority of the name and the authority of the spoken word. No, in the name of Jesus, no evil shall befall me. In the name of Jesus, put that gun down. And knowing the authority of that name and that God backs you up. When you use that name, prayer, this is not a time for prayer. This is a time for rising up in the authority that Jesus gave you. This is not a time to speak in tongues. That's not the time to speak in tongues. There's a time. But we got to know the authority of the name of Jesus. I want youth, i Colin, all the teachers, I want the children in this church, I want the youth in this church, I want the adult, I want them to know the authority of the name of Jesus. I want them to know how to say no in the name of Jesus when someone pulls up beside them and opens the car door and says get in. No in the name of Jesus. No in the name of Jesus. I tell you, all heaven backs that up. Every angel backs that up. It's not a time to cry and beg. No, it's not that time, is it? And that's what it takes. That's what it takes to be delivered who redeemeth thy life from destruction. That's what it takes not to have destruction in our lives. Praise God. I was thinking about Gloria Copeland. And you know, I told you last week I mentioned this, so I wanted to bring this quote from that. But, um, you know, we talked about that last week, and I'm think, sure all of you are aware that John, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland's son, that he went through a little stage. I don't know why. I mean, the, it's not important why. The man's in the ministry now, serving God with all his heart helping his father. But why he went through the stage, I don't know. But he went through a little stage and he was, he was reckless and he was driving too fast, having wrecks. And, you know, he was just... And, you know, and Gloria was... She was, you know, believing God. And God spoke to her. And this is what he said to her. He said, and this is where we can be as parents. Until my wisdom abides in him... My mercy will hover over him. Until my wisdom abides in him, my mercy will hover over him. And then she would say, thank you. Remember, bless affectionately. Pray gratefully. Gratefully being thanking, thanking him. Thank you for redeeming John's life from destruction. 
Thank you, Father. You've redeemed his life from destruction. And you know, she said in this article that from that time forth, there was some minor scrapes and, you know, he still drove recklessly, but he didn't have any more of those serious wrecks. And it wasn't long from that until he got, till his, till the wisdom of God started abiding in him. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. I mean, we can believe this for our children and for our grandchildren. Amen. Even when the grandchildren's parents aren't wise. My grandparents, they prayed me through high school. They prayed me through it all. My parents were saved, but they were backslid. They weren't serving God. We weren't going to church. My, my grandparents, they prayed me through it. They prayed me through all the high school. I never got in trouble. I never rebelled against my parents. I never, I never did. I, and it was my grandparents' prayers. Praise God for the prayers of grandparents. So if you are a grandparent, I don't really know who is and who isn't, and maybe you have some unwise children that are not being wise in the ways of God right now, you can pray protection on your grandchildren. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. That is it's so powerful, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Then in that same verse, he says that he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. This is talking here really about favor. One definition of mercy is favor. He crowns us with favor. He crowns us with, let's divide this all up. He crowns you with loving. You know what? God wants to give you people to love you. He wants people to love you, to show you love, and for you to show people love. Now, a lot of us, and I know because I've been there, in the body of Christ, we've got walls up. And we don't really, we don't show people love. It's hard for us to show people love. And maybe it's, we, sometimes people can show like one person love, but they can't show other people love. And like I know it was easy for me to show my kids love, but it was not easy for me to show other people love. And, and uh, then sometimes it's really even harder than showing love. It's really hard for us sometimes to receive love and let people love us. And one of the things God wants to show us tonight is if you're going to let him crown you with loving kindness, you're going to have to let it come through people. Amen? And if you put up walls, and every person has walls to a certain degree or another, and, you know, we put them up sometimes because we've been hurt. We put them up out of fear of being hurt. Just, I don't know, hundreds of reasons why we might put up walls and really couldn't explain them all tonight. But we have these little guards up, you know. It's like, don't get in my space. Actually, we're kind of even taught that in the world. You know, that there's a space around people and you don't invade the space and so forth. But I found that in God, we're not supposed to have those little walls up. Because He wants to crown you with loving. He wants people to love you. And he wants, to, he wants to show you love through people. And you know what? You need to be touched. Well, you know, my husband, well, that's not enough. That's not enough. You need to be touched. Human beings need to be touched. 
You need to be touched. You need to. And you know, in our society, we have this thing of, especially men, it's like homophobia. Y'all know what that is? And it's like, man, if a man, it's like, don't let another man touch me or pat me or touch me on the arm. You know, we get all bent out of shape. That shouldn't be in the church. That shouldn't be in the church. Amen. And it shouldn't be in, the, in women either. We're, I don't know why I'm on this. Go, got quiet, man. We turned into Presbyterian. Y'all were, y'all were really with that. Uh, delivers my life from destruction, but this crowning with love, it's like, well, we'll skip that part, you know. <laughs> he also wants to crown you with kindness. See, we're breaking this down. He wants to crown you with kindness. He wants to show you kindness in every way possible. In fact, did you know that he is crowning you every day? And sometimes we just don't recognize the kindness of the Lord. You know, when you pull into the, the parking lot at Walmart and you get a space close up, he's crowning you with kindness. That's kindness to me. Hallelujah. He wants to crown you. He wants people to do good, nice things for you. And some of us, it's like, yeah, I want God to give it to me, but nah, that's charity. We've been taught not to receive charity. The Lord's been talking to me about y'all. He's been talking to me that some of you aren't good receivers. And you are giving, and the Bible says it'll be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, that men will give unto your bosom. And it's like, okay, it's okay if my boss gives me a raise. But you would literally freeze up and have a meltdown if somebody walked up and handed you a $100 bill. You couldn't, you, you was like, you, you would feel horrible. It's like, oh my God. Or if somebody gives you a gift, well, they shouldn't have done that. Well, you've given, haven't you? And he wants to crown you with kindness. He wants to give you things. And pastor's talking about asking this morning. We need to ask. Now, he wasn't talking about, and you know, he wasn't talking about going to your next door and saying, no, I borrowed $100 from you. You know, we don't like that. We don't like people that do that. And that's not what he's talking about. But I tell you, sometimes we need to ask for things. Sometimes we're in the restaurant and we want to know, we'd like to have lime instead of lemon. We like lime. But you know what? Where they fix the drinks, like the tea and stuff, they don't have lime. They have lemon. And if they get lime, they got to go to the bar. If, if it's a restaurant with a bar, they got lime in that bar. But those waiters have to go to the bar to get it. But you can ask because he crowns you with loving kindness. You can be a master asker. And you can be so gracious. You can say, oh, could we? Would it be possible for us? You don't have to bark orders. Go to the bar and get me lime. Now, I've seen people like that. I've seen people that I was, so, I was embarrassed to eat out with because they changed everything on the menu. You don't have to be, and obnoxiously so. I've been with people like that, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being a master asker. I'm talking about being in a store, and you've done this, where they said, well, you know, that's going on sale Friday. And a master asker will say, well, could you let me have it on sale today? Because I don't live here, you know, and then you bat your eyes real good, you know. <laughs> I don't live here and I can't come back Friday. You know, could I have it on sale? Did you know, I'm not saying every time, but nearly every time they can do anything they want to do. Amen. They can. And Pastor and I are master askers.
We tease him. We tease him because we say, Colin says, yeah, he's doing it now. But Colin says that dad puts his turban on. And then we start singing that song. <laughs> because he puts his turban on, you know, and he begins to negotiate with these motel, you know, if somebody running a motel, you know, and he's like, well, you know, could you let me have it for this price? Or could you, what about, how about a corporate discount? If that doesn't work, he says, I'm a travel agent. How about that discount? You know, he's just, you know, he's a master asker. Amen. I mean, we were going to the beach and we'd stayed in this cruddy hotel in Montgomery, but it was, we left after church. Our kids said, oh, let's go ahead and leave. Let's go ahead and leave. And we stayed in the Days Inn, just as you're going into Montgomery on Highway 82, I think. Is that how we were going? Anyway, the backside, when you're not coming down the aisle, but coming in the backside of Montgomery. So we pulled in this Days Inn and it was ran by some foreigner, you know, and it was, the lock didn't even work on our door. You couldn't lock the door. It was like 11 o'clock, so we just, and Eric was in a rollaway in our room. We just put his bed in front of the door. We figured they'd have to <laughs> knock him over and, uh, if they wanted in. But the next morning, we're sitting in the car like we're wanting to go to the beach. Let's get to the beach, you know. And we're sitting out there, and we're sitting out there, and we're sitting out there. And Colin said, Dad has his turban on in there. And he is, you know, he's getting us a deal. <laughs> you know, well, the lock didn't work. Would you knock off five for that, you know? <laughs> and and, uh, you know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> bad yeah, the roll away was bad. Don't charge me for the roll away because it was bad. I mean, you know, when one, when your head is going downhill all night and they want to charge you $10 for sleeping and with the blood all in your head all night, <laughs> you know. But, you know, when you could get with some of these foreign guys, it's like that's where scratches met its match, you know. <laughs> Because, I mean, you talk about wheeler dealers, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. They learned it from their brother, Jacob. Esau learned it from Jacob. You know, they, were, they learned it from the Jews. Y'all get it. Well, God wants to crown you with kindness. Amen. He wants to crown you with kindness. With good parking spots with unexpected bonuses, with, you know, we confess that little card. We get that little card out. Thank you for favor, Lord. Thank you for gifts and surprises. Somebody gives us a gift. Oh, my God, why'd they do that? I'm so embarrassed. Well, I'll give them something back. No. No. This is not payback. This is not payback. This is sowing and reaping. This is sowing and reaping. This is sowing and reaping. Thank you. You're a blessing. I receive it. That's it. That's all it is. Don't, you don't have to pay them back. When I sow in your life, I'm not paying you back. I don't care what you did for me. I'm not paying you back. I'm sowing. I'm sowing. I like to give. When I'm shopping, I'm always seeing something and saying, that looks like Jan. That looks like Gail. That looks like, so I, that looks like them. And I'm believing God for money to just buy it. Just deliver it. That's what I'm believing for. Is that what you're believing for? And I'm not waiting until I have a bunch to start. I'm starting when I can just buy little things for people. And we're doing it for our family too. 
It's right for children to give to their parents. It's right. You find it in the New Testament. You find it in the New Testament. I want to tell you something else that's right. It's right for parents to give to their children. And it doesn't say until they're married and have kids. It is wrong to cut your kids off. And all of us have been cut off, so we all know. Because that's the world's way, that's the poverty way, that's lack way. And it's wrong. The Bible says, God, Pastor said it this morning, let me say it again because some of you might have missed it. God doesn't take an example in the Bible that's false to get a truth across to you. He won't use an example that's false to get a truth across to you. Okay, y'all got it? Let me give you an example of that. When the, when the sheet came down with the four-legged animals on it, and God said to Peter, Peter, kill and eat, God was not really addressing dietary right there. He was going to talk to Peter about the Gentiles, wasn't he? And about going to Gentiles. But God would not have taken a false example. In other words, now I don't really mean for you to eat pig, but I want you to go to the Gentiles. No, he used a true example to get a truth across. Because when Jesus was resurrected, the dietary law was suspended, and now Peter could kill and eat pig. Aren't we glad? The southerners that eat barbecue are really glad. Okay. So he doesn't use a false example. And so in Matthew 7 where he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, if ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. It didn't say grandchildren. It didn't say grandchildren. It said, if ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. I don't think that's right for them to cut me off because I got children. Because now they have grandchildren. It's like, hi. Huh. And then they... Go straight for the grandchildren. It's like, ah, uh, I'm still your kid. I'm your daughter. I'm your only daughter. I'm your only kid. Like Colin said, what do I said? I'm a human. still here I, I'm not going to do this either okay I'm not going to do this when I have grandkids hallelujah you know my kids just told me how it was going to be when Colin and Chris got married that year in November we said well okay we can half what we usually spend on you and between you and Chris and he just flat said no no See, he knows who he is in Christ. He knows his rights. No! I, 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 I want y'all, listen, how, I, I slip you a bill if you'll mail this to a certain address in, in some certain towns. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. And I'll mail it for you. No. You know what? It, it's poverty. Not enough to go around. Not enough to go around. Not enough. Oh yeah, there is. God wants to crown you with loving kindness and He wants to do it through people. But He also wants you to be 
the one that carries the crown to some other people. Amen. So, you know, he wants to let you in in traffic. But you're going to have to let some people in, aren't you? Instead of sometimes it's like, especially when you feel like somebody is really pushing you to let them in. It's like Michael will just, no, I shouldn't say this. But it's like, it's like, it's like, and I'll even be behind. It's like, don't let them in. And then, you know, God gets a hold of us and we say, okay, you know. But do you ever feel that way? Especially, you know, it's when they say, okay, they say right lane closing. And they, and we get over in the left lane way back when it first says it. But they don't. They zoom right up till the very last minute. And then they want to hog in on you. You know, that just makes us mad, doesn't it? Our flesh just says, I ain't letting you in. <laughs> Amen. But God wants you to carry the crown sometimes too. In fact, you, you, he's, he, he wants to, you to daily carry the crown. He wants you to open doors for people so people will open doors for you. It's really a sowing and reaping thing. It's really a sowing and reaping thing. He wants you to be a blessing. He wants you to spend your time thinking about how to be a blessing. Amen. See, we've been taught the opposite. I was taught when you go to buy a gift, and this was never said, but it was just somehow I caught this. I'm not saying this was ever said, but it was figure out the least you could get by with. Nobody else was there. And that was just like inside me. And so I was constantly trying to figure out how, now, now not with my kids, that wasn't, the, but I'm talking about when you got those little, uh, those invitations in the mail, those graduation invitations and those, you know what I'm talking about. Now your kids, you'd go buy every toy in the whole store. I mean, we owned every toy Fisher Price made. I'm not kidding. They did not make a toy we did not own. That's the truth. But see, sinners are like that. Sinners are like that. But we're not like that. We're not like that. We carry crowns around and give to people. And God then sees that we're crowned with loving kindness and tender mercy. Okay? This also means divine care. He takes good care of us. He just takes good care of us. He takes good, 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 good care of us. So I want to tell you tonight that God wants you to let him favor you. He wants you to, whatever wall it is that doesn't want to receive love from people, if there is, and that if, if you don't feel comfortable hugging people, do whatever it takes spiritually to get over it. Get over it. If you don't feel comfortable loving people, showing love and affection, if you don't feel comfortable receiving money. I know the first time. We weren't in the ministry. A, a, the pastor that we were submitted under, we were going to Tulsa to camp meeting, and he said at the end of the service, we're going to take up an offering for Michael and Debbie to go to camp meeting. We didn't need the money. But you know what? It, the Bible, the need doesn't have a thing in this world to do with it. We had sowed. He was being obedient to God, and we were about to reap. But I was having a meltdown. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. This is not a preacher thing, being able to receive from people. And I know, I know, it's in your parents, it's in your grandparents. We don't receive charity. Get over it. 
God's wanting to crown you with loving kindness. He's wanting people to be able to walk up to you. Listen, if the Holy Spirit were to move on this church some night, and people were to just start walking up to you and cramming bills in your pockets and in your coat and in, your, in every pocket you have and in your shirt. Some of you, we'd have to counsel you the next day to get you over. You would go, you would, you'd have a spiritual, you couldn't receive it. Get over it. Because God wants to crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And it's not just coming through your boss giving you a raise. Amen. And don't and get over the payback thing. Well, they bought my supper. Next time I have to buy theirs. Just receive. And if God leads you next time to buy something theirs or anybody else's, do it. But just receive. Amen. Because God's crowning you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now also, the last thing, start acknowledging it when He does. When you get a good parking place, acknowledge it. Amen. When you get a bargain, it's not them, it's God. Listen, when your mother gives you money, it's not her, it's God. It's God. When your grandmother calls and says, you know, I want to do this for you. I want to buy you a suit, son. It's not them, it's God. It's God. It's God. He's trying to bring your harvest to you. Don't say, oh, you shouldn't have. You know, I goofed up really bad. My great-grandmother had, um, I forget how many acres, but quite a lot of acres in uh, Shackelford County, Texas, and had the mineral and oil rights under it. There's only one little problem. She had 13 kids. So even when you got a lot, when you divide it up 13 ways, it's kind of gets small, you know. So my grandmother got a 13th. And, and, of course, it was doing really well when oil prices were high, and now oil prices are low. You know, that's not that much. And uh, so, uh, of course, my grandparents died, my grandmother. And then, well, when she died, actually, it went straight to my dad and his brother. So my dad now has half of a 13th of oil rights and mineral rights. And I'm an only child. But I have seven stepbrothers and sisters. So we go to my grand-grand's funeral and it, last January. And, you know, we go to this little town in Texas, Albany, and I've been to the museum. There's a museum. There's the family grave. We have the family graveyard, and then there's, you know, there's out in the uh, Fort Griffin, the old fort and all that. And so while we're waiting for the funeral stuff, we always have to go and go through, you know, see all that and drive around and all, go to the graveyard, look at the tombstones that say Ledbetter. And I tell Barry I'm kin to him. <laughs> and uh, Sanders and Newcomb and look at all the gravestones. And we're driving around and my, we're talking about that, that mineral rights and that little piece that he's got. And my dad said, I'll give that to you if you want it. And I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I didn't even answer. Didn't, you know, I just didn't want to appear grabby or I didn't say anything. And I got back home and the Lord got on to me. I should have received it. I should have received it. That's my inheritance. 
it's not those seven step brothers and sisters who I love and or actually there would only be four on that side. My mother has three and then this would be four on that side. It's not them. It's not for them. It's mine. Even if it's not much and even if it's the oil prices are low and I think he said now he gets about $50 a year is all he gets off of it because oil prices are so low. But I didn't say anything. See, sometimes we're not very good receivers. If you're going to be a master asker, you're going to also need to be a master receiver. Amen. Amen. And that doesn't mean that we're grabby. Amen. There's a, I want you to understand here, and I don't want to take too long, but I want you to understand that when pastor, you know, puts his turban on, as we're speaking, and that, I, that's a family joke that now is public. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very, we get a kick out of it. He's not, he doesn't do that when it comes to Christians. He knows when he's got the wealth of the wicked that's stored up for him. You know what? We're not being grabby. We're not being grabby. Hallelujah. But you know what? If you'll pay full price, they'll let you. If you're one of those little old ladies that pulls up on the car lot and just makes the check out for the sticker, they'll let you. They love it. But you can have a lot of things if you're a master asker. Hallelujah. Well, stand up tonight. Thank you, Jesus.